0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the JMO Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Michaels. Our guest this week, we have Jason Feldner from Purchase Guide Service, on Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Now, this is our first time having Feldner on the show, and we learn, you know, where he's from, where he was introduced to fishing uh, in his career, and just his experience, and ultimately how he ended up in uh, the small community of Minnewaukwan, North Dakota, guiding on Devil's Lake because he was not born and raised there. And uh, you know, just a really, really a fun story, but very important to realize where his experience in fishing, you know, really is, because in this conversation, we're talking spring Devil's Lake walleyes. Uh, but I feel like Jason. One thing that I really took away from this interview, personally, was just how well balanced of an angler Jason seems to be, and I think his experience really explains why that is, or just how he has become, you know, just a balanced angler. And what I mean by that is he definitely understands the technical side of fishing very much, and we have a great technical uh, conversation about the fishing and the strategy in the spring on Devil's Lake for for spring walleyes. Oh, but at the same time, to have all those details, you know, pretty well figured out, uh, Jason also understands how to be very open minded and instinctual and look ahead, you know, look ahead even throughout the day, but throughout the season and be ready for the next thing, the, red, the next pattern to emerge or the next spot to open up. To me, this conversation with Jason Feldner is just really just a well balanced spring Devil's Lake walleye conversation. Devil's Lake is one of North Dakota's premier outdoor recreational destinations. And to find out more about what the lake and the community of Devil's Lake has to offer, head to devilslakend.com. That link is in the description. In the 2023 fishing season, the state of North Dakota is putting on the 2023 Sport Fish Challenge. Now, the process is simple. You're going to catch a variety of fish, take pictures of them, submit those pictures. If you do it all over the course of the season, you're going to win some cool prizes. For full challenge details... Head to the link that is in the description of this podcast, that's gf.nd.gov backslash fish hyphen challenge. Now let's get into the interview. Jason, it's your first time on, and we're going to talk spring, you know, spring devils like walleyes in this conversation, but first, your first time on, I want to get to know you a little bit, even some of the personal stuff. Where are you from? Where are you born and raised? And like, where where did you cut your teeth in fishing, and and you know, at, at what point in time did fishing really become a serious thing for you personally as a young man?
1: Well, I'm originally from um, Amro, Wisconsin, which is is part of the Winnebago system, the Fox River, the Wolf River, Butam- like more like Winneconne, like Poygan, and Winnebago. And I grew up on the mouth of the Fox River. There's, and you know, I can I've been fishing ever since I can remember. Um, I remember my grandpa brought, brought uh, home a 1953 Starcraft from up north, and my dad bought me a 9.9 Mercury outboard, and that's what started it when I was 12 years old after I got done nice. with uh, border
0: safety. At what point in time in your life did you feel like a more serious angler? I mean, because your career now, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but like, what led you up to that? Like, What led you to being you know, a full-blown, uh, uh, you know, fishing guide in terms of the passion. And like, like if you were to look back, you know, you were 12 years old, but like at what point in time did you feel like, or what were the things that ha- were happening in your life where you're like, this is, I'm going to make a go at this for real.
1: Well, you know, I did follow a lot of the, a lot of the, the anglers and the tournaments and stuff when I was younger. And I think 16, I, it really clicked in my head to where, Hey, I want to, I got my driver's license down, I'm going to save up and get a bigger boat start looking at the stuff a little bit more seriously um and as soon as I turned 18 you know I started fishing some tournaments I got my guide license right away and just kind of stumbled around with it met a bunch of people and and you know you learn a lot by talking to people um started getting a few few customers here and there um you know I just just kept sticking with it you know I mean people want to go to a party on Friday night. I'm like, nah, uh, I'm staying home. I'm getting up early and going fishing tomorrow because you got to go to school all week and everything. So, but yeah, just kind of just tumble effect, I guess. I just, you know, I was right there in the river and you just, I was on it every single day in the summer. and It's just kind of just gotten still to in me.
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah. How did, so how did you get to where you're at today, I mean, you have to kind of tell us where you're at today, your guide service and what you offer. But, like, how did you get How you get all the way over here across the Midwest?
1: Well, here's what happened. I was, I was guiding over in Wisconsin, and in the winter times, Larry Smith, he was a guide. I actually hired him once in the, in the spring, and I talked to him a little bit. He goes, hey, I could use some help in the winter time." So I guided for him for, I want to say, three years in the winter time. And stuff, and I'm like, God, God, I got a national walleye tournament next September out in Devil's Lake. Do you know anybody out there? And I forgot who he put me in contact with, with out here. But I came out here. That was in 2000. I think 2000. I came out here and fished a tournament in September. It was a USFA team championship. And I fell in love with the area. And I actually called my wife from from here. And I said, hey, do you want to move the Devil's Lake to North Dakota? And I'll start my guide there. She's like, sure, let's go. I'm like, okay, we'll talk about when we get home. I thought she was joking. So we get, I get back home after that tournament, and I'm like, are you serious? You, you'll do it? She goes, heck, yeah, let's get out of here. She'd never been out here. So the guy I was in contact with, he helped me find a place over the winter that I could rent once, once I got out of here. So we loaded up we loaded up my uh, – one of my guides, my, one of the guys that worked for me right now, his dad had a semi. We loaded my boat, my truck, and all our belongings in a semi and came out here on May 13th oh, of 2001. We unloaded everything, didn't know anybody, and just started our life because we got married in 2000. So we just we took a leap of faith and just started working at it slowly, and it, it's become quite successful. So
0: building clientele, like you're like the new guy in town. What was that like right away?
1: Um, it took a little bit. You know, it's I mean, back in 2001. I mean, there's people fishing here. I don't think I I don't think it was really recognized like it is now for the walleye fishing in the summertime you know back then I think it was still kind of getting its name for that you know of course everybody knew it for the perch you know but it seemed like when I was first here there was I mean there's a lot more just local in-state people fishing here I think the the non-residents were just starting to figure it out so I kind of kind of went hand in hand you know. not actually me and jason mitchell used to help each other out quite a bit back in the early 2000s
0: yeah 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 no that's a that's a really like fun time for in the timeline of devil's lake as it is today and it's still a fun time right now like devil's lake is still writing itself you know in the history books there's just all kinds of it's just such a it's such an evolving thing all the time and there's just cool stuff popping up but that time frame that that you're talking about for me, like, like I'm an outsider. Like I, I I was, I'm not from there and I haven't put a a ton of time in there, but you know, working, working for Jason now and, and traveling up there and hearing some of the stories, like, man, that was just a really, really interesting time in this particular body of water. Like there's gotta be some awesome stories and stuff like that that you think back on now, huh?
1: Oh, it's crazy. I mean, I drive across certain spots out here. It's like, crap. when I moved here, you couldn't, even, you couldn't even navigate a boat through here. The trees are so thick, you know, and it's and it, everything's just, it's it's turned into more of a lake now. You know what I'm saying? Before it was like just a big flooded basin, you know, and now, now all the trees are, are almost all gone. It's, it's changed a lot. I remember on Highway 19, you know, they raised that thing three times a year. I moved here. They're, they're bringing snow plows in the middle of summer after a big high wind to get the logs off the roads, you know. And now it's just built up and kind of protected. Now it's it's really changed quite a bit. It's 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 really neat to watch it. And I I just look back. And I'm like, only if I knew now that then what I could have done. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, I think that those are fun things to think about. You know, it doesn't really do us much good. Right. To think about the past too much. But I think it's really entertaining. Right. You know, like if you could remember, I mean, this is a serious question. If you can remember, you know, like that first tournament that you came out and fished when you first kind of discovered Devil's Lake, do you remember anything about that tournament? Like how it was fished? You know, who won or like how they won? Like any of those stories, I think are fascinating.
1: Well, it was one right out in front of Minnewalkin. There used to be cattail beds out there that were submerged, okay, and these fish, and they, they came up like a foot and a half, and these fish were laying on these cattail beds in 20 feet of water. And they were trolling crankbaits over the top of them, and that's how they got them. Well, now the, now the cattails are all gone. I think that lasted like three more years after I moved out of here, and then and I think they just kind of all rode away or decomposed or what have you. But, yeah, it was crazy, and then, uh, of course, the slip bobber in the trees was huge back then. Now we're – we're still slip bobber in the same areas, but the trees are gone. Yeah. So where the trees were, were structures were, were humps or what have you, you know, or ridges. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been a really neat, neat deal to see it sit back and watch. Now I, I try to use that. It's like looking back and thinking, God, if I knew this, knew that it makes me look forward now more. Of like, okay, the water's going up or the water's going down. Let's start thinking about this. You know, it makes you really, really study the body of water because that's the thing with this lake. It's, it's, When it goes up two feet or down two feet, it changes the whole dynamic of it, you know?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of want to talk about that too, like more specifically like this year. Like, you know, talk a little bit about the conditions right now and maybe what you're forecasting for this season or at least this spring season as far as water levels and just some things that you're sort of have in your mind already that you're kind of going to be prepared for as far as the patterns and the bite and where you're going to go look first, you know, anything along those lines that you'd be willing to share?
1: Yeah, it's, I think it's going to be set up like the same as last spring because I think we came up like almost three foot last spring and we lost a foot. So um, the way it sounds, we're going to get that foot back. So I think it's going to play out pretty much the same as last year. Um, of course, right now we've got some water running into the lake. I don't think it's going to last too much longer because our snow is pretty much gone, but they're, they're catching fish in the coulee areas right now wherever there's current. Um, but as soon as this ice goes out, that's typically about the time the fish start spawning. So you're going to have a little dead time in there, probably a two-week dead time in there, because these fish are going to spawn, and then they're going to hunker down and just relax. It normally takes them 10 to 14 days to to recover. And then I'm going to just start looking at all the shallow areas, you know, on the northern end of the lake, you know, Pelican. If we can get in up at Irving, I'll take a look at that. Um, But, yeah, definitely got to get back in the shallow bays. You got to find that water that's two, three, four, five degrees warmer than the rest of the lake. Those fish go in there. There's bait fish in there. They eat them. You know, that warmer water, they can speed up their metabolism, digest their food faster, and gain that weight back from the spawn. So that's what we're going to do. We'll do that through probably mid-June, and then they'll start sliding out. You'll see the main main lake start kicking in a little bit better after the water warms up, and it's just just a transition from that real shallow water out to, out to that, you know, up to 20 feet. But I typically don't fish more than 12 foot in this lake
0: the whole year. What would be some things that you do more so strategy-wise? You know, in the spring versus other times of year?
1: Yeah, the spring is it's it's fickle, you know, it's it's water temperatures, everything. You get cold nights, sometimes the next day they don't bite until one o'clock in the afternoon. But I, I strategize I typically try to find a bobber bite to do till ten or eleven o'clock in the morning. And a lot of times that I will go along side imaging in spots where I know fish are typically at, I'll look at the side imaging, I'll put the 360 down while I'm anchored up and, and see if I can see fish moving and try to hone in on them, and I bobber fish them. You know, and then once that water, you can watch on your graph, once that water jump temperature spikes up a couple degrees, then I'll start going back to the shallow bays and casting crankbaits or or jigs with plastic. And there again, I'm always looking at my 360, because sometimes you're in seven feet of water and you're casting up to two feet of water, And you look at your 360, he goes, well, I'm going right over the fish. So I got back out to, you know, 10 foot of water and fish them in that 5 to 7 foot of water. So you got to really pay attention to what's going on. You just never know what's going to happen with them. And it just seems like the more wind we get to, once we get up in the 60-degree water temperatures, you find that little bit more dirty water and those fish will go shallower. And if this water stays real clean, they'll, they'll stay out just a touch deeper, you know. And then the weeds come so now we got to start dealing with the weeds got to fish over the top of the weeds or get on the edges of them you know that's typically the first week of june so but i don't know this year seems to be a little bit later and the weather doesn't seem to cooperate as much so kind of got to put all those factors together and figure it out
0: now, devil's lake north dakota is one of north dakota's premier outdoor recreational destinations We talk about the fishing all the time on this show, but to find out what the lake and the community has to offer, which is way more than we ever talk about on this show, you can head to DevilsLakeND.com and get all that. We're talking about the lodging and restaurant options and just the lay of the land and everything going on in the community. There's all kinds of stuff all summer long going on in and around the community of Devils Lake. Also, our favorite, the fishing tab. It's going to give you real-time fishing reports, directions to fish cleaning stations and boat landings and shore fishing piers, which are awesome, by the way. Also, it's going to give you a list of options for boat rentals or guide services and bait shops. Everything that you need to plan your next adventure in Devil's Lake is at Devil'sLakeND.com. That link is in the description of this podcast. Every opportunity that we have to go out on the water fishing is a chance to make a memory. It's a chance to learn and grow as an angler. Ultimately, these are our fishing adventures. Now, if you want to take your fishing adventures to the next level, in 2023, the state of North Dakota is putting on the 2023 Sport Fish Challenge. Now, the process to complete this challenge is simple. You catch a bluegill, a walleye, a bass, and a trout. Take pictures of each of those species and submit the entry to the North Dakota Game and Fish website. The link is in the description. Anglers that complete the challenge will receive a decal that they can proudly display, which obviously would look excellent on a cooler or a tackle box or a water bottle, anywhere that people can see it and you can brag about it. For full challenge details, again, visit the link that is in the description of this podcast. That's gf.nd.gov backslash fish hyphen challenge you know, on a year like this, or it's a little bit later spring, like, do you really feel like it's a little bit more fly by the seat of your pants? The, 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 the patterns are evolving much quicker. Like maybe, you know, talk me through a little bit of that. Maybe some of your memory bank from other years.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. It's, you know, the th- thing last year, we had a big, huge rain, a five inch rain after the snow was gone and it took our Northern bodies water and made it really dirty. Okay, so the, the water wasn't as clear, so the weeds didn't come up as fast. Now, this year, and have bar many big rainstorms, five, six inch rain, this water is going to be fairly clear, so those weeds are going to come fast because that sunlight is going to pen- penetrate down through and get the, that weed growth going. So, uh, that's it's going to be a little bit different than last spring. Um, it took till probably the second week of June before that water kind of cleared up enough to where you could get, get some weed growth going and all that stuff so i think it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit quicker this year for the weed growth um i don't know if the fish will follow that weed growth as fast just because of water temperature so i don't know it's, it's gonna be hard to say but you know if we get up in the 70s for a week that's gonna change everything
0: oh yeah man oh yeah and that's the real beauty of it it's like You know, it's like every year is slightly different, no matter how much we just try and try and try and make our memories matter. You just like you, you already said it's like devil's lake has really taught you when you were saying how, you know, you look back now at your body of work and it helps you look ahead. I think that's huge and tough for a lot of anglers to be able to, you know, look back on what you learned, but it, it, it needs to help you look ahead and, and be more at the tip of the spear. You know what I mean? Like when you said that it just made so much sense and everything else you're talking about, it's like, it's yeah. Like just be prepared for the next, the, the next thing to show up and being ready for that next piece of the pattern to show up. And I think that counts for a lot on devil's lake. Cause it's a big, diverse body of water and you can, you can fish a couple of miles down the road and, and, uh, or down the shoreline and be kind of, you know, the pattern, especially in the spring, the patterns can be just, you know, either behind or slightly ahead. And yeah, there's just a lot yeah. to it. But I respect that a whole lot for sure.
1: Yeah, no, it's crazy. This I I feel like this lake fish is like three different lakes. Just how it's grown up and it's just by the water depth and the structure. It's just it's crazy. You know what you know, another thing is is we're out there every day, so we can see the changes a little bit easier. I can, you know, and tell that Tell that bulletproof bites hits in the middle of June, I, it's got to be tough for some of these anglers when they come out here, especially on a spring like this. Was because it's changing so much. It's like, oh, we nailed them there yesterday. You go back there and they fish for two hours and you don't catch nothing. It's like, hey, they moved on, man. <laughs> you got to keep keep changing with the time. You know, it's, it's got to be a little bit tougher for them. But I mean, we got six of us in this service, so I mean, it's we're constantly talking. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm starting to get them cast, and okay, let's go. Bobbers aren't doing that good. Let's let's go casting. What depth yet? And, and you just keep rolling with
0: it, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is super key. You know, you you have a guide service that's successful. You've got a team of guys there and that your ability to share information and work together is just, that's a huge value. If you're if you're listening to this sort of, you know, trying to plan your first DIY trip to Devil's Lake, you need to be considering, I think it's true, you should definitely consider a guide trip. The investment of, of, of hiring a guide on a body of water you know that you know maybe someday you'll fish it on your own. You know you're that type of person, right. but but the time you're gonna spend, you know Devil's Lake can definitely be tough. I, I I can be the first one to say that. I I tell Jason this all the time. Like my first couple of times out to Devil's Lake, I was ice fishing, and I didn't catch a walleye like three weekends in a row going to Devil's. I didn't know what I was doing. Like I was, you know, Devil's Lake to me was the Dead Sea. I had I didn't want nothing to do with it. And um, you know I've since come this far in my career. Devil's Lake has a lot to offer, but man, you You know, know, hiring, hiring a guide that can, yeah. So that, that's definitely a tremendous point. I'll I'll say this, you know, we're, we're covering a lot of ground. I might think of something we got to go back on, but talking about the presentations, you know, we're talking a little bit about spots and reading water and you got to be kind of willing to evolve and and be thinking ahead. But like, what are some things, you know, presentations, you're talking about slip bobber and which I love slip bobber till a certain time you know, in the afternoon when the water warms up, things might get a little bit different, but like, what are some things with your setups that you try to do uh, from an efficiency standpoint, or just, you know, whether it's right down to your hook and sinker and the type of bobber, your line, your rods, your reels, like, like as a guide, I'm sure you've been through a lot of equipment. What, what kind of setup offerings can you throw at us for some of those springtime staples?
1: Well, especially bobber fish, you know, our, our water is typically pretty clean and clear. There's not no algae yet or anything in the spring. So I like to go with at least a four or five foot fluorocarbon leader, uh, you know, above above fire line or a super line. Um, and I, I like to go down to 16 ounce lead heads. I play around with color a lot. If we got a chop, the lead heads are great. Now, if it gets dead calm. And we're bobber fishing. I like to take get my split shot as far as way as I can, and, and use a plain hook and hook a leech right through the me- middle of the body and just let them swim. Just let them be as natural as can be. You know, when you got wave action, it seems like the lead heads work better. They just bounce up and down really nice with that with that leech on there and it flutters perfect. You know. And then as far as, as far as casting crankbaits, again, I I try to find that shallow, a little bit dirtier water, but it's got to be warmer. If you go up to a shoreline, you're sitting in seven foot of water, and the wind, you know, you got a 15 mile an hour wind is blowing in there, and you can see the bottom. Yeah, I'm moving, I'm moving. You got to find where that color, that water is a little bit dingier, where they, where that they're, they're not spooked to the boat, they can't see you, you can't see them, and just keep moving around. That's 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 the key to it. And when you find fish, if you catch one walleye, stick on that shoreline. That's a sign. There's more there. When they fire, you're going to be on them.
0: I want to talk a little bit about conditions and really kind of pick your brain a little bit on conditions because, um, you know, and we could start with good conditions, right? I mean, if it's a good, but I try not to talk on this show too much about what really good conditions are like because typically. You know, anybody can catch them when the conditions are really good. But I think that's kind of a good starting point before getting into maybe some things you got to do when it's tougher. But like, what would you say under good, solid conditions? You know, the the fishing is like, do those patterns stay pretty consistent? Like, do you feel like you got to find fish every single day? How far do they move? Like, if you get them good yesterday or how long does a good bite last? I mean, just kind of talking along the lines of, of patterns, of fish patterns, finding fish, when conditions are pretty good
1: you know when the water's clear in the spring people say you know 25 mile an hour winds all the conditions ain't that good i'm taking those conditions i want those conditions because the waves are going to be crashing into the shoreline it's going to be dirtying up the water and those fish are going to be shallow um whether it's clear or not because it's going to it's going to be you could be sitting out in clear water but that first 10 feet off the shoreline could be dirty and those fish are going to be right up there so that's good conditions to me where other people say oh it's too rough i ain't going out there um but yes if i find fish in a spot like that they'll be they're, they're not if the wind stays the same they're going to be there the next day they might not bite when you're there but I'll, I'll go back and hit that spot two or three times in the day and one of those times those fish will be turned on and you will catch them
0: you know you kind of touched on something there with bite windows do you feel like in the spring you know, I don't know. We, we've probably talked a lot about it in the past before, like, you know, water temperatures. The afternoons are typically better, when, especially when we're talking early spring. But is there anything along the lines of bite windows that you find to be like a significant thing in your fishing strategy? Or is it, you know, pretty much just boiled down to those afternoon bites are best?
1: Um, no, I it seems like you always get an early morning bite, but it seems to be really a short window. Um, early in the spring you know when the when, when water temperatures are in the, in the 50s um i think the window bites are a little shorter in the spring and as the water warms they seem to be more get more and more active you know it's you know but definitely the afternoons are hard to beat in may i mean going out at you know three o'clock in the afternoon and fishing till dark that's that'd be the, my prime time um but yeah, as the water warms up, I think the bites get longer. I think there's more fish active. So you have more opportunities and more spots.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I think that's a phenomenal take on it. And I'm glad we can include that. I mean, cuz some of that stuff, you know, just reminding yourself and setting that proper expectation, you know, just, you know, when you get out there. I mean, everybody, if you if you can fish all day, fish all day and then tell me about it afterwards, I like that too. It's always right. worth being out there. But, you know, so many of us, you know, we got to work, we got to do this, we got to, you know, we don't entirely get to pick and choose, you know, everything about our fishing schedule and when, you know, just understanding what time of year you're going to be there. And setting your expectation a little bit, I think that's phenomenal information to include. That you know, realistically, higher percentage in the afternoon to the evening, but right. you know, the that 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 little morning window. I've heard that from more than one individual that fish has a lot on Devil's Lake. Is like even in the spring, don't count out that nice little, you know, that sunrise. Uh, you know, I mean, there's just always something ready to eat then. One hundred percent. But talk about tougher conditions. Like what are some, what are the conditions that, I mean, I'm not talking about unfishable conditions. I'm talking about fishable conditions, whether it's a weather pattern or something about the spring that you just are not going to look forward to. And then what does a guy got to do, you know, other than adjust his expectations? Like what does a guy got to do to grind out a bite when conditions are tougher? But let's start with talking about conditions that you like the least first.
1: Cold fronts in the spring, definitely cold fronts. I mean, you go from, say 45 50 degrees at at night you know say 65 degrees in the morning we get a big blow northwest wind high of 45 gets down to 35 water temperatures drop three to five degrees it's just a bad recipe (laughs) a really bad recipe. and then you're you're going back you're going back to bobber fishing you're scrambling it seems like when that happens it's like you hit five spots you catch one fish in three spots and and you sit there and you try to wait it out give it another 45 minutes nope it's just like you pluck one active fish or two active fish off of each spot and i barely rarely ever get them on crank baits in that cold cold uh, front situation it's always going back to live bait being real lethargic with them and slow you know and just let them analyze it and hopefully hopefully you get a few takers
0: you ever try anything outside the box a little bit like on, you know, you come from a part of the world where like, you know, river fishing where like blade baits and hair jigs are super popular in the spring. You ever you ever do anything like that on Devils? I I never hear about anybody doing it. It
1: seems like it's I've tried it in the spring, but it seems like it's more of a a late summer fall pattern. I I do that quite a bit. Jigging wraps, blade baits, stuff like that. It just seems like they're they want bigger profile stuff on because they're feeding up for the for the winter. Um, I have done well on those cold front situations, getting on the side of humps and doing Lindy rigs with leeches and going really slow. I've had, have had really good success doing that. Um, I've always play around doing something else, trying to reinvent the wheel, but it seems like it always comes back to a couple techniques.
0: Yeah, though, that's uh, that's all good stuff. Cause everybody's gotta be trying something new. I mean, I, I think that's the fun of fishing at, t- at some point too. Like if the day is going really good, you know, and your limits in the box already. Sometimes it's kind of fun to get something out that's maybe a presentation or something that might represent maybe the next pattern, or you know the, you know maybe the a summertime deal or or just something from another part of the world. And you just kind of you're trying to make it happen. But um, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm with you.
1: That's the funnest part for me is when we get a little bit of walleyes early to go try new stuff, go play around, and try try to figure out this next little niche that somebody else hasn't figured out you know it's it's that's the, cha- the challenge of finding something like that to me is is the best part of the hunt you know oh, yeah fish, don't get me wrong is fun i do it every day it's great everybody's got smiles on their face but when you can figure out something else that nobody else is doing and have a little niche for a while it's it's just gratitude it's just i love that part of it
0: like when you're looking when you're looking for something a little different a little new how would you describe that? Are you are you trying little different techniques maybe on the same, on some pressured fish, maybe catch them when somebody else can't? Or are you just trying to find fish altogether that nobody else knows about?
1: That's exactly right. I'm trying to find fish that nobody else knows about. Um, there is, I've, I've had situations to where you're sitting there bobber fishing, you know, say off to the edge of a structure and everybody else is on top not catching anything. You're catching them off to the edge, but you're seeing a lot more fish that aren't there, that aren't biting. I mean, I that's when I start playing around for presentations like snap jigging or, or doing a hair jig or, or a big paddle tail on a three ounce lead head, you know, 14 foot of water, something different to get those fish triggered, you know, and a lot of times it'll happen. It'll happen just by one different cadence.
0: Yeah. 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 That's a phenomenal point. That's a phenomenal point. You know, be a little bit more adventurous if you're seeing fish that won't bite but, yeah, it's probably just more fun to be out on the hunt looking for some fish, you know, when there ain't nobody around or there ain't nobody else looking in that spot. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's
1: a lot of times, too, I, I feel that fish, you know, you've got live bait, you're giving what they want, leeches, right? They, everybody knows they love leeches on Devil's Lake. But sometimes those fish, you can, if you speed things up, like, really fast, like snap jigging or, or cranking a taking a crank bait, cranking it really fast or trolling at three and a half miles an hour, you get more of a reaction bite out of these fish. Not necessarily that like they're hungry, but you'll get a reaction bite out of them and you put a lot more fish in the boat that way sometimes also.
0: You know, you're a guide, you you know, what? social media, like you have clients in the boat a lot. Like what would you say you know, this is maybe any time of year, any, any open water, uh, uh, part of, part of the open water season, but like, what are the questions or, or, or things that you feel like you're constantly either answering questions or, or teaching people? Like what would be some of those really reoccurring topics of conversation with people that are, you know, coming to you that we could address here and just kind of maybe try to, you know, anybody that might be a prospected, uh, a client of yours down the road, listening to this, you know, what would be some things that maybe they ought to be paying attention? To do before they get out there
1: um leave your own equipment at home please you know it's i know i get so many people Oh, can we bring a rod and reel it's like yeah just bring one please don't bring the kitchen sink because we got the boats full of everything and they'll get in and they'll have a rod with monofilament on it that it, you can tell it has been used for a couple of years We put a quarter ounce lead head on it there's more memory in the line that i have in my in my head you know and guy is just refusing he's got to use his own rod while everybody else is catching fish why can't i catch any you know i'm like we got one biting on there right now he goes well i can't even feel it i said well your line's coiled up i can see your line straightening out that's why you're not feeling it so i'm like give me 10 minutes just try my rod for 10 minutes okay boy that really does make a difference yeah so you know our 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 whole thing is amongst our guides and stuff it's like don't guide the guy just let let them give you the best opportunity to catch fish you know do what he says, use, use what he's using things that you use in Iowa or Minnesota most likely don't work here, you know? So it's, it's just, there's a lot of that, you know, a lot of the questions too is it's, lake levels huge. Everybody's always asking about the lake level. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just, it's a lot of repetitious questions, but that's, that's the way it is. Everybody's got inquiring minds, you know?
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. For sure. Uh, You know, I I feel like I'm the same way, but, you know, when you go somewhere, you know, you're, I I think if somebody wants to fish with their own stuff, you know, it it revolves around the learning or they, you know, they want to, they, you know, they want to have that, feel that reward of, you know, doing it either slightly their own way and or. You know, learn the skills, learn the skills on their own gear, give them, give them confidence to go home and fish with their own fishing rod because they had success out in Devil's Lake, you know, with their own rod in there. And that's a fair thought to have. But at the same time, like you hire a guide service, you're going to learn a lot more. If you you know went in Rome you know do you do do those things that your guide is telling you to do you're going to put your hands on a lot more walleyes most likely in that scenario and that's where your confidence is going to come from is putting your hands on as and on more walleyes than you know you can go back uh, you know wherever you're from uh, uh, back to the city or you know back to another part of the world and you're going to have a better story to tell about your trip to devil's lake. Um, you know, and and ultimately you're going to learn more and, and you'll probably learn a little bit about your own equipment, you know, or whatever. And you can make those adjustments when you get home. But yeah, I think that's a fair, I think that's a fair point. Cause I, you know, we talk about that with like Canada a lot where people go to Canada just to get their hands on more fish. But devil's lake is one of those places. Like, like for you where, you know, you're, 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 uh, uh, Majority of your clients? Do you feel like a majority of your clients are maybe anglers from wherever they come from, and they come to just get their hands on some walleyes, or do you feel like you you uh, take out a lot more like first timers? What's that? What's that look like?
1: Our our eighty percent is repeat, and and I'd say fifty percent of them fish at home. But if you look a lot across a lot of these these bodies of water in the Midwest. Once June's over, their fishing gets tough and this lake keeps going. So I think this is a lot of time, this is their secondary trip in the summertime, you know, because they know they can come here in July and August and catch fish when the fishing by the back of their home body of water is absolutely crap. You know, I think we get a lot of that, you know, and I hate to bring up the COVID thing, but we we retained we a lot of anglers from from Canada that always went up there. They couldn't get up there because of COVID. They gave Devil's Lake a shot. And they said, we ain't driving that far no more. We can catch just as many fish here. I don't have to drag my boat. It's cheaper just to come with you for four nights and three days. And it's all taken care of. And we can take home more fish than we did in Canada.
0: Yeah. You know, it's just. Yeah, and you don't got to cross the border. Yeah, I mean, it's a fair point. I think a lot of a lot of places across the Midwest definitely saw that, you know, at, at least for for some amount of time. But, yeah, man, it's. uh. Devils Lake is a capital fishery, and you know it, it really made its name, you know, with the perch through the ice really early on. You know, we ta- we mentioned that earlier, like way back when. But you know, the walleyes, man, um, that's uh, that's big business out there. So that's a big deal. How about this? Um, you know, anything else that you can think of that we should maybe just something that we ought to cover in the spring that I'm not asking you. If you think, if you think of anything, otherwise I want to talk about your guide business a little bit, what you offer, how to, how people can get a hold of you and, and uh, you know, just uh, if they got questions or if they're looking for a guide trip or whatever, and just kind of wrap it up that way.
1: Um, For the people that are coming out and doing this themselves, if, the, if it's their first trip out here, especially in the spring, because you're looking for that shallow water really do, do your research and get a good mapping system in your GPS so you know where you're going because there's a lot of obstacles in this lake. And it's, I hate it when people are tearing off lower units and stuff like that. They see, oh, let's go up to this bay. Well, they don't see the railroad tracks right there. There's a foot underneath the water or something. You know, So it pays to have a good GPS system with a decent mapping system also so you know what's under you when you're out there.
0: It is, man. It's tough. It's, and, the, and the water fluctuates. So it's like if you were if you were here five years ago, it fishes like a totally different deal, or at least drive. You know, at least driving around could be a totally different ball game. Even from, from May to, high water,
1: from May to August, we can lose a foot from May to August. You come out here in May and you come back in August, and it's, it's going to look different unless we get a lot of rain. It's just natural evaporation, you know.
0: What's your guide service? How can people get in touch with you? Promote anything that you want to promote whatsoever. Go ahead.
1: Okay, I'm, we're purchased guide service and lodging. We're on the west end of the lake in a little town of Minnewauken. I've got seven lodging locations so I've got any got two four four room or two four bed cabins and then I've also got fully furnished houses that sleep up to 12. Um, it's a little town here that I've, I bought some houses and remodeled them and made them really comfortable, fully furnished, you know, full kitchens, bedding, towels, you don't have to bring anything. we uh, we got a fish cleaning station in town here. We got six full-time guides. Um, and you can you can check us out on the website website at percheyes.com.
0: Right on, man. That's good stuff. I love it all. I I, I love, you know, the rich history of, of back in Devils Lake and just kind of remembering and the stories along how this lake has changed. And uh, you know that in itself is just kind of a novelty. But the fishing and the stories of the fishing is just really told through stories, and I just think that's really awesome uh, for those of you guys that have been around that long. Uh, you know, and you got a lot of career left, but at the same time you've been around here and seen some really cool stuff, and I think that's great. Appreciate you having the time. And I'll let you go for real this time, man. But, I, yeah, I appreciate it so much. And
1: Hey, thank you very much. Have a good day.
0: You too, man. All right, bye. This podcast is brought to you by the North Dakota Game and Fish. In the 2023 fishing season, the state of North Dakota is putting on the 2023 Sport Fish Challenge, a challenge to catch a multi-species bluegill walleye bass and trout. Take a picture of each of those species and enter to the Game and Fish website gf.nd.gov backslash fish hyphen challenge that link is in the description if you didn't catch all that anglers that complete the challenge are going to win a decal and a bunch of bragging rights the decal they can display anywhere that they want to proudly obviously it would look fantastic on tackle boxes coolers water bottles lunch and bait bucket anything that uh, people are going to see so that they can brag about it again the link is in the description of this podcast This episode of the JMO Podcast is brought to you by Devil's Lake Tourism. Head to devilslakend.com. That link is in the description. And you're going to find out everything that the lake and the community of Devil's Lake has to offer before you plan your next adventure in Devil's Lake, North Dakota.